Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we've failed on. Name me one in all of our history. Not one. Electricity from wind and solar farms in the Arizona desert, delivered to people millions of miles away, potentially, well, certainly thousands of miles away. <laughs> Bit of a typo there. <laughs> but delivered to millions of people. The reality is, you know, whatever's ahead of us, like, there's a lot of season left. You know, there's, you know, we talk about being towards the end, or, or there's a quarter of the season left, and we got to do better than this. Your relationship with Ms. Lewinsky, the statement that there was no sex of any kind, in any manner, shape, or form with President Clinton was an utterly false statement. Is that correct? It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me. Just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men north or rich men, Lord knows it all. Just wanna have total control. Wanna know what you think. Wanna know what you do. Back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 144 here on Thursday, August 17th, 2023. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm your stewardess, Mike McKenna. Mike, how's your week been? Uh, busier than you would expect in an August recess. I, I've got, I got a, I got a customer CEO in town, so we are all hop, hop, hopping. Hopping around. So I'm impressed with us that we have so far managed to get an episode out with the exception of one week so far this summer, not too shabby, making yeah. sure our listeners are getting what they need. So we're not as lazy. Uh, we're not as lazy as people think we are. <laughs> All right. So Joe Biden is either losing it or this clip was taken out of context. Name me a single objective. We've ever set out to accomplish that we failed on. Name me one. Go. Yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about it for about thirty seconds now, so I'm not sure. I how haven't. about how about Vietnam? Oh yeah. How about Korea? Yeah. How about the Afghan? His own Afghan pullout. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's wait, funny. Where, where, where's the list? Can go on and on here. I was going to say it's funny, given my criticisms of the defense establishment, that I wouldn't go there first. But there you go. I, I'm pretty confident that his war on cancer is going to fail as well. I expect we're still going to have cancer. No, he already said he cured it. Really? You remember that? He did. He said he cured it. Moonshot. Oh, really? So moonshot. That yeah. was the way. So so no one's dying of cancer now. And 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 we got the silicon chips from going to the moon. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. All right, so and I know we haven't balanced a budget in, in like my lifetime, so I, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's ever been a, like a goal. But if it was, we failed there too. So, yeah, but it really doesn't matter anymore because as we get into the segment later, we failed in the war on drugs. Truth is, too, now that you're making me truth, think about it, <laughs> truth is not uh, a strong suit in this administration. Um, Aaron Boone says there's a lot of season left, Mike. Uh, they are the Yankees as of this morning are 60 and 61. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot they of season. Below 500. There is a lot of season. This road, tri this road trip was two and seven uh, in a nine game, three city clip. They have the day off today and they face Boston and Tampa coming up. 
Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of season left if you're like in the hunt for playoffs. But if you're not and the Yankees aren't anymore, then it's a long, long, lousy 40 games left to play because they don't mean anything. And so they'll, you know, it'll it'll be minor league time. Well, according to fan graphs, they still have a chance. Three percent. Three percent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, let me just divert because I had the Yankees under one of the things I wanted to talk about. I have a theory. Well, about good, we can knock it out here, and then our, and then our fans will be happy we moved on. I was going to say the baseball thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really about baseball. It, it's it's about this. The, both the Yankees and the Mets are terrible this year, and I want to say the Yankees have been underperforming for most of the last twenty years now. Um, and the Mets, of course, are chronic underperformers because they're just jinxed, right? That's just that. The thing about the Yankees is they're number one. I think they're number two in payroll this year, maybe number three. It doesn't matter. They're always in the top. I think three. they're number three, yeah. Yeah. They're always top one, two, or three, right? But they spend, they outspend everybody on scouting and management and all this other stuff, right? And I have a theory about the world that I've been thinking about while I've been watching the Yankees, and it's this, and it's a theory I've had for most of my adult life, and that that is this. The United States is the richest plant, richest country ever, the wealthiest country ever in the history of the world, and not by a little bit, but by a lot. We print our money, and we say what it means, and everybody says, okay, that's something not even the Romans at their height could manage, right? They had a, they yep. had, they had a coin gold, right? Um President of the United States could destroy any country on this planet with about 90 minutes worth of notice, right, to retarget the missiles. Anybody. All right. Uh, this is a long – this is coming back to baseball? It's coming right back to baseball, yeah. All right. Got it. Yeah, so, so the richest, wealthiest, most powerful country on the planet, and what that means is, is that we can be incredibly stupid with our money, and it doesn't matter, right? And – the Yankees are sort of a symbol of of the 21st century American. They just got a bunch of money and they're just pissing it away like it's like through a fire hose. They're not they're not accomplishing anything. They're neither saving it nor are they making progress with it. It it when well, the, when the history of our era is written, I guarantee you the Yankees are going to be the paradigmatic corporation that everybody looks at like they spent a lot of money, they got nothing done. That was that. So, so Joe Biden is not correct that we've that we've uh, never we've ever set out to accomplish something that we failed on. So, I, you know, I don't, I, you know what, I, I don't want to be Bill Clinton here, but it kind of depends depends on what the definition of we is in that sense, doesn't it? <laughs> like, because if he means if he means him and Jill or whatever, I, or him or Hunt, him and Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah. So Kamala says we're going to wheel some power to uh, uh, millions of miles away. Millions of miles away. Yeah, man. She's going to be a great president. That's all I can I tell know. you. This is, she's, it's, you. It's the cackle. Now, she didn't. She lost out on the closing clips because I found a better one. Sorry. So I had to sneak her into the, Sorry. To the front. But you, 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 you think of somebody who's a content generator? Man, it... It's the vice president. She's oh, a yeah. she's always got some every week she's got some juicy thing. It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> they, All right. So in, in a way, you don't think about it this way. In a way, she's remarkably consistent. You know, she, she she's not budging from her uh her signature line either. She just keeps using it over and over and over again. On you know, so well, you know what? I always try to be unburned by what has been. By what has been, of course. So here's a guy, Oliver Anthony, uh, rich men north of Richmond. Yeah. Um, he has become a, uh, I think five or six of his songs are the top downloaded songs on the, on the chart. This song is uh, taking off like crazy. Uh, I love the reference to Richmond. Gentleman, a young gentleman from Farmville, Virginia. Yeah, Farmville. Whose real name is Christopher Anthony Lunsford. Um, he's got a, a ninety acres. He lives off the grid, and uh, during during COVID, apparently, he was was really really down in the dumps, struggled with mental health, alcohol addiction, uh, and felt like despair. Yeah, 
uh, and he hit the ground. Uh, he he basically one night he just laid down and and prayed to God to to get him out of his out of his doldrums. And uh, you know that's the story. That's the backstory. And of course, in the in the age in the world we live in today, there's um, an attempt to try to smear him and or find out if this is really a legit thing. Um, but you know his 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 song is killing it on the charts, yeah. man. <laughs> there, there there are three things I think are interesting here. One is one is. Um, it's it's an authentic country. He is an authentic country music singer, right? It, this is this is the origin story of all really good, really true country music singers, right? You you basically have a a kid from a small town. Farmville is about uh, sixty miles south and a little bit west of Richmond, or more west than south. Uh, Richmond, right? It's it's uh, got a school there. It used to be. Uh, Longwood College, right? It used to be the Teachers College in Virginia. So Farmville is, Farmville might be 8,000 people if it's that, right? So he's got a farm there. Um, and, you know, he woke up one morning and said, man, you know, alcohol or drugs or despair or whatever he was like bathing in wasn't working for him. So, you know, he found God. And then he started to make meaningful music. And here we are, and you know, it had a, the the song "Richmond, North of Richmond" has a really hard political tinge to it, which I totally dig. But it's yeah, really yeah. it's really country music. I mean, this country music nowadays, you know, guys talking, singing about pickup trucks and football on Friday night. These guys are all from like the suburbs of Cincinnati and places like yeah, that, yeah. right? I mean, they're, they're they, they never farmed in their lives. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Alan Jackson song. He's gone country. Yeah, I mean, these guys are it's ridiculous. Look at them boots. This guy yeah. seems legit. And other thing is reason why I of course love North uh, Richmond North of Richmond is I live south of Richmond like all Americans like all real Americans right north of North of Richmond that's where the that's where the Commonwealth starts to go really bad really quickly so yeah. I, I love the guy I only, I'm only heard well, the song a couple who of times uh, well, guess you, who doesn't the usual crowd I assume you ready yeah it's just sure? a simple this is a simple Google search. Not even, I'm sorry, this is a simple search, not on Google, but DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Because I don't use Google anymore. Me neither. Rolling Stone, ready? No, boy. Right-wing influencers just found their favorite new country song. LA Times, ready? The right is feeling rich men north of Richmond. Oliver Anthony's viral song, The Left Is Not. The Guardian, ready? Rich men north of Richmond punches down. No surprise, the right wing loves it. The Independent, viral, quote, right wing anthem, unquote, by singer Oliver Anthony branded offensive and fat phobic. Huh. I could have done like 15 more of these, right? Fat phobic? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a line in there about welfare, welfare queens, right? Reference to a welfare situation. Okay. But the point is, is that like <laughs> the usual suspects, they, but they don't understand. This is why this would they? Is, why this would this is the divide? Why would they? They're all rich men who live north of Richmond. They just don't get it. They all live. And, in and the, the, the Rolling Stone article was particularly interesting because they literally were like, OK, we need to find out. One of these articles, I can't remember now, might have been Rolling Stone. Sorry. Said, is he a plant? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> and so far, they have found no evidence that this is all a big right-wing viral scam, I, right? Like, to, to think that someone couldn't have an honest, heart-wrenching experience in their lives and, like, want to talk about, you know, their frustrations. Seriously. And to have it resonate the way that it has. Just like that movie we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Barbie. No, we're gonna get into that later. No problem. The one with the the uh, the one with Jim Caviezel in it. Can't remember the name of it now. What is it? Don't the child the child trafficking. For, the, the yeah, trafficking. yeah, the child trafficking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tracking you 100. Yeah, it, it whatever. It, he, he it would be probably better if they spent more of their time worrying about losers like Taylor Swift and where'd they come from. <laughs> All right. So, feel, any announcements this week? I feel better. Getting that off my chest. Yeah, sure. Three of the women in my house are Taylor Swifties. So right away, I'm opposed to them, opposed to her. Um, announcements. I really only have one. 
Um, I want everybody to remember this is the 20th anniversary. I think August 14th was the actual day. It's 20th anniversary of the worst blackout in American history. Um, anybody who was alive that day remembers that if you lived on the East Coast, um, lights started to go out on Friday afternoon and were out for 48 hours in most places and 72 in other places. And it was because of vegetation, poor vegetation management. I mean, you know, everybody... Everybody wandered around about it for a while, but that's what it turned out to be. I mention it because um, I was just going to say we're going to go there, right? Yeah, we're going to we're going to go we're going to come right back to that at some point. But it is in fact 20th anniversary. The remarkable thing is, the utility industry has done almost nothing to commemorate that. They've had like there's been no there's been one seminar from this outfit called Wires, which talks about it, which is a transmission group. Um, that was good. It was good, even though, you know, Joe Kelleher talked too much on it like he always does. But um, that was it. There was no other commemoration of this anniversary. I'm like, it's the most formative event in the modern utility industry, and you guys are just going to pretend it doesn't happen. Anyway, that's it for well, me. PG&E had the same problem in California, correct? Yeah, but, you know, the thing about it is, is that... They, they deferred a lot of their maintenance to cover up the Sacramento's mandates and dictates. Well, they deferred a lot of maintenance because they didn't want to go back and have to do rate rate cases. I get that. Um, you know, look, California's your train wreck. We've been over that a bunch of times. The utilities are no different than anybody else in that state. Yeah, and we might as well just talk about Maui right now too. That's seems to be the the source of the challenge in, so, in Hawaii, correct? Yeah. So the interesting thing about that is is that the the, the root cause of it. The root cause of it was there were a bunch of dry, invasive grasses on what used to be sugar and pineapple plantations. And um, the actual proximate cause seems to be um, electrician, electric transmission wires um, sparked it. And then obviously once it got going, you ever been in Hawaii, you know, it's windy. Once it got going in those dry grasses, there was no stopping it. But, right. the, but the interesting thing to me is, is that you know, it's all about I, – I, I know the climate change guys want to make it all about climate change. It's not. But it is all about human management. You know – Bingo. You know, when the humans were, were – when we were growing sugar and pineapple in Hawaii, the, that land was safe and well-tended. And then we stopped and the farms do what farms do when people stop tending them. Yeah. They, they get overtaken by, 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 by nature. Yeah, they get overtaken by nature, in this case invasives that opened up the gate to this. And then, of course, the human beings responsible for sparking the fire through electricity. It, it's sad. It's terrible. Um, and if you think about it in a different – if you think about it in any particular way, you can think about it as a failure of public policy in a, in, across a, like three or four generations, right? It, yeah. It, you know, the thing that ran this sugar and pineapple guys out, um, you know, where I'm sure related to public policy, taxes, regulation, you know, trade policy, whatever, right? Because that's fertile land. Um, Paying farmers not to farm, things of that nature. Right, exactly. And and I'm really looking forward to somebody doing a dive on this because I get the feeling it's going to be that. Mm -hmm. and, and allowing the invasive grasses is a failure of public policy. And then the, the not doing vegetation management on your transmission line is, of course, failure of public well, policy. Well, and, and I mean, it's the same with the forest, right? California has been burning yeah. for centuries and centuries but they were managed controlled burns thinning all that stuff that you mentioned humans adapting their their uh, environment um and then you know these these greens get to like promote all this crap where they're like oh we're gonna leave these things gonna, gonna return them to their wild lands and everything else their policies create a lot of this mess and then they turn around and blame something else that they're also wanting the government to get involved in which is climate change yeah the, so they get a they get to like they get they get, to, they get a get out of jail free card with this climate change business well they get to cherry pick which part they which part they want to talk about right you know were those grasses dry yeah but you know what bad news it's dry in hawaii this time of year the other the other failures that are a little bit more proximal to the problem right um the sirens didn't go off, and um, sirens didn't go off because electricity failed early, and cell phone just didn't get notified because the cell phone towers went down early, and it turns out that the water system went down, 
So if if you had to think about this just as like, hey, what percentage of this is is government failure? And I'm not throwing rocks at anybody. I'm just saying, you know, it's if you don't learn your lessons, you don't learn your lessons. If you think about what percentage of this is government failure versus something that nature happened made happen, you got to think this is like 80% on the government, man. Just, yeah, and he, and and our hearts go out to all the victims as well. It, it's just terrible. I mean, it's just awful. It, and there's there's no there's no way to go back and redo any of this, which is why it's important to learn the lessons because you don't get a well, re, you don't get a redo, but you get a you get a you could maybe you fix get a look back. For, but but the problem is with this and with the thing we talked about last week with your with your column is the look back is also revisionist agenda driven, right? There is no there is no more curiosity. Right uh, in our in our public discourse and our and our our politics, it's all well. I mean, it's all frame this in a way that makes you know that benefits my agenda. Yeah, it's all propaganda. versus the other side. Yeah, right. Pro- yeah, propaganda is propaganda. So we don't we, we don't do good government. We don't really do well, good government. And let me circle more. We never really did, but at me, least it wasn't destructive before. Well, and let, let me circle back and, and and tie the bow here off, right? That's part of my problem with the 20th anniversary, right, of, of the, the blackout of 2003. It's just like everybody's like, hey, it didn't happen. You know, we're not going to – if we didn't talk – if we don't gonna, if we don't talk about it, it'll be like it didn't happen. I'm like, it happened. You know, we obviously didn't learn all the lessons we needed to learn because Hawaii just had a vegetation management problem and California has an ongoing vegetation management problem. And the idea that we're not going to talk about it and that's going to be okay, it's you know what we're not even we're not even going to learn our lessons, and that's that's always bad. Whenever you know personally, corporately, socially, when when societies and people don't learn their lessons, guess what? You know, God and nature have a way of just like, hey, I'm going to teach you the same lesson over and over again until eventually you get it. <laughs> yeah, until you figure it out. All right, any other announcements? That's it for me. All right, I just want to thank my wife. Uh, and my kids for picking up the slack here at the pile household I had a bit of an episode with my back on Monday and they've been really helpful. And uh, so I appreciate that. And for our listeners, I am on the mend. Thank you very much. But uh, your thoughts and prayers would be welcome. This day in history, Mike, uh, what are we eight? The 17th of August. Okay, go ahead. Is the 144th episode of the Unregulated Podcast. Yeah. And this is the first one where absolutely nothing happened on August. Consequence happened on this day. It was in it was insane. So I'm gonna give you the highlights. And I, I did exhaustive research. The first was in 1807. 1807 and in, in, in this time in this sort of time frame like on in, this day oh in 1807 oh, in 1807 oh, 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 oh. on this day in history this is probably the single most important thing that happened i'm gonna bet in Na- the world ever i'm gonna bet napoleon had a battle somewhere no the first serviceable steamboat the claremont designed by american engineer robert fulton, robert fulton. embarked on its maiden voyage up the hudson river Right up the Hudson 1807. River. 1807. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So it goes downhill from there. Are you ready? I was going to say that's right. actually, Fulton Steamboat's actually kind of important. Go ahead. Okay. That's why it's the highlight. Okay. 1957. Oh. <laughs> uh, You're I, not going to guess. I have no idea. In 1957, Alice, Alice Roth experiences what surely is one of the worst days any spectator has had at a Major League Baseball game. After being struck by a foul ball off the bat of future Hall of Famer Richie Ashburn, yeah. Roth is being treated for a broken nose when the Philadelphia Philly star follows off the very next pitch, hitting her in the leg and breaking her leg. Holy mackerel, what are the odds? <laughs> Gotta think Richie's like, I don't know, maybe I should just strike out here. To which her son, uh, her grandchild visiting her in the hospital said, do you want to head to an Eagles game or are you worried you're going to get hit in the face (laughs) with a football? It's good to have kids. All right. And this day in 1998. In 1998. 
Yeah. This is the clip I didn't mention. Oh, uh, Bill Clinton testified in front of the, whatever, the special prosecutor. The grand jury, yeah. yeah. And his famous line, depending on what the definition of is, is. Very good, huh? Yeah. He didn't lie. Yeah. According to him. You know, the the, the best part about that is, is that uh, the glasses were an affectation. Oh yeah, he totally. wore he wore them because because he wore them because one particular pollster told him that it made him look smart. You want to guess who the pollster was? Um, Chicago. No. Uh, Dick Morris. No. Who was it? I can't remember. It's a Frank Luntz. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. He was working for Clinton. Of course. Oh God, I didn't know that. Well, working for is such a such a strong term. True, true. So I I <laughs> don't remember if I shared this, we've shared this or not, but I was on the Hill during all this. And uh, this was back before you could like download PDFs and do all that good stuff. So we had literally had to photocopy the depth, the whole, the whole indictment thingy. Right. Yeah. So we were all like in, in all every, almost every office on Capitol Hill, we were all like frantically printing the the indictment and reading through it you know page by page by page as a team divide up the papers read it get all the highlights and everything else so that was what us geek staffers were doing during all that that sounds both uh, sad and about par for the course yeah all right this last one here 2008 yes uh 2008 2008 2008 that's like yesterday uh at the olympics in beijing the the communist chinese american swimmer michael phelps won something his team win the four by 100 meter medley relay becoming the first athlete to win eight medals at a single olympics so there you go this oh, day in history today did, did they win did okay uh maybe it's 2016 and yeah, it's 2016 uh uh the the reason why I'm 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 groping here is because um a a a brother of a friend of my son's right the Haas family in Richmond, um uh what God what was North or South Richmond? <laughs> yeah, they live north of the river. They live in the nicer neighborhoods in Henrico. But the old man is uh, the old man was he's retired now. He's a construction guy, literally. Like he he would go out and do construction. He rebuilt our porch. Um, uh. Channing was the old man's name. Channing is the old man's name. Um, anyway, their kid uh, was one of the was one of the four by hundreds, I think, in the twenty sixteen Olympics um, with Phelps to to win that. And it was a pretty. And his, his I've known this kid since he was five years old. I can't remember his name. Anyway, um, that's the only. There you go. That's my connection to Michael well, Phelps. Also gives you a sense of the staying power of Michael Phelps. Yeah. Well, the thing is that the, this kid. Wyatt is the Wyatt is my son's friend's name. Wyatt Channing, and uh, anyway, um, yeah. I mean, the, the the kid won his gold medal and he was out, right? He finished up at Texas, and I think he's coaching swimming somewhere in Richmond. You know, he that that's it, right? He did his thing and he's yeah. he's done. So yeah, to, to have a guy hang on for like you know ten, twelve years, it's pretty impressive at that level. And um, Katie Ledecky, right? He's the same way, <laughs> you know. She, Katie Ledecky almost cost me 40k a year, by the way. Am I supposed to ask why here? Why? How? You went to Stone uh, Ridge? Yeah, yeah. Stone Ridge Country Day School of the Sacred Heart. Yeah. And my my daughter wanted to go there because she's a swimmer. Yeah. So but we made a change, so that yeah. didn't happen. But we were on the we were on that path, man. I'm like, holy crap, I'm gonna have to drive Uber in my spare time. Five All right, for, so indicted again. One more time. Yeah. Here we go. Eight, uh, at this point now with the Georgia offenses, quote unquote, the former president of the United States, who is currently the front runner uh, of, of the Republican primary for the next election, has now 91 felonies punishable by 700 years in jail. Yeah. And on this one, they're going to... Uh, they're gonna make him do the whole thing with the fingerprints and the and the mugshot and everything else, apparently. So, yeah, it, it 
Do you know this is the same state where Stacey Abrams basically said her elections were stolen? Yeah. It's also, I mean, Hillary Clinton said that her election was stolen. Like, if it, are we going to now indict politicians for saying their elections were stolen? Yeah, apparently we are. And, you know, that's the, the, the thing. Here's the thing. There's two things that, that, that my friends on the other side don't seem to be thinking about carefully. One is, of course, none of these things, you, you can't impanel a jury. You can't you can't try this guy. You can't impanel a jury. It, it, it there's no way, and you're not going to be able to imprison a former president. You're going to have to do something else. Even if he's guilty, you're going to have to do something else. You can't put him in the general pop of a prison, right? Um, so they're not thinking about the practicalities. And George is a perfect example. They're going to try eighteen people all at the same time. I'm like, you can't. There's the it, the logistics of that are physically impossible. You can't try eighteen people at once, and you can't try them seriatim either, because the, f- the first guy you try, all the defense guys are going to be sitting there just like, okay, now I know how to beat that. The second thing that I don't think they're thinking about is. Like you say, the next Stacey Abrams, the next Hillary Clinton in a red state, they're going to get this. They're going to get this because they're going to have some some sharp prosecutor on the Republican side is going to be like, hey, man, I'm going to grow up to be a senator on this case. And they're going to pay him. The only thing that could make that not the case is if the Democrats are betting that the Republicans or conservatives aren't ruthless enough to go down that road. It doesn't matter about ruthless. It matters about incentives. And what we now have is an incentive structure where prosecutors are incentivized by reasons of publicity and future cash and future political office. Prosecutors are now going to be incentivized to go after high value political targets. And that's, you know, forget everything else, right? Just think about the incentives. It, it's something you can't you can't put this genie back in the bottle once you yeah. once you do it it it's stupid it's they uh, they don't i mean it this this this, the, this you go back to your your theory about codependency yeah this doesn't this this vendetta against this guy this like you know full force of all everything that they have is just it's gotten to the point where I can't, I can't figure it out psychologically. Like it is insane. Like how many, yeah. What's when, how many, how many more of these can, can the system withstand? Yeah. I'm coming to a conclusion and I, I hesitate to, 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 to come to these kind of conclusions because you can't really ever tell. I have the very distinct feeling that the political leaders in our generation and the generation before us, are and were measurably worse than their predecessors. Because no matter how bad it got before this, it never got to this, where we're essentially criminalizing politics. Well we well see we used to be we used to criminalize policy differences. You know, last last you know mm-hmm. 30 years ago we're we're criminalizing policy differences. Now we're criminalizing elections. You know, now we're we're criminalizing guys running, you know, campaigns. Yeah, it, it it it. We are we are. Part of the reason why I'm I'm, always 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 careful about the Civil War, is because I believe it was a failure of public policy and a failure of leadership. Right, I don't really blame Abe Lincoln for it. I just blame him as a as a. Um, symbol, right, of, of the class of people who walked us into war. Um, we are in the same situation. We are, we are in the same situation. We are now establishing precedents and doing things that are leading us to an inevitable fracture. And, and I, hundred percent, you know, the, the, the thing is the Democrats have always done this. They have just escalated it. Uh, you know, my, two of my bosses got run out of town because, uh, the left did not like the threats that they posed to their agenda. Right. If you think about Mr. Mr. Pombo and Mr. Delay, they went after delay on Rico as well. 
And it took years for the courts to wind down and eventually exonerate him from everything. But they achieved their goal, which was they ran him out of town. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it it's it's not just the Democrats, right? You know, we, we had a we had a we had a clip from a special prosecutor we, going after yeah, Bill Clinton. We impeached Bill Clinton, right? You know, it, we they we they, not we they. No, I, I get it. it. It it it's really it's a problem. It, it's a red blue, it's a red blue divide. It's, you look at the Congress flipping back and forth. When when in history did that happen? Right before the, the Civil time. War. Right before That's the right. Civil War. The, the, That's the, right. you know, four, four or five times last time that happened was the five elections before the Civil War. It, it, and you know, this, it, it's whole, bigger, it's bigger than a problem. Our, our right? new country phenom, same thing, right? Yeah. yeah it, it's bigger, it's bigger than a political problem. It's bigger than a problem, right? Because nobody on either side seems to be prepared to fix it. Like I said, I look at the world and I think it's 1858, you know, and, and, it, and I don't see anybody, just like in 1858, I don't see anybody on either side willing to say, hey, man, we probably need to take a step back and just think about where we're going here. Yeah. I, I, All right. Well, where we went this past week was the great fanfare in celebration of the Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> And the that kind of got, got eaten by the Hawaii fire. I thought I was like the administration. I guess it's because we're in the dog days here in the middle of August, but they actually trotted out John Podesta and Neera Tandon to uh, to to get, say a few choice kind words about the the laudable, incredible Inflation Reduction Act. Here's a clip. Uh, as Kareen noted, we're marking the one year anniversary of a truly transformative piece of legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the largest investment in clean energy and climate action ever in the United States, in the history of the world. But first, I want to acknowledge that today's event is coming during a time of heartbreak as the toll of extreme weather fueled by climate change is being felt across the country and the world. All right, so <clears throat> you trying to say it's summertime? The largest in the largest investment in clean energy and climate action ever in the United States in the history of the world. Wait, I thought this was the Inflation Reduction Act. What what what's going on here? Shut up, man. So he's probably right. John Vadesta and Neera Tandon, of course, partners in crime at the Center for American Progress, uh, have bounced back and forth out of, in and out of government and into. Big Dem, big left money. Uh, this guy's responsible for doling out all the grants and all the cash sitting up in the, is in the East Wing that he sits? I don't know. I assume he sits in the Eisenhower building. Okay. Anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> there's no way he would have been out. They would have let him out in prime time. That's for sure. He needed a, they needed a, you know, to get him on rotation on the podium, but we can do a whole show on John Podesta, but I'll, I will we're hold not, back. We're not going to do a whole show on John Podesta. What we're going to say is, what we're going to say is that I'm going to make a bet. I'm going to open. I'm going to. I'm going to propose an open bet. Anybody can take me up on it. And in each instance, I'm going to bet a thousand bucks, five hundred. I don't get in trouble with the wife. Five hundred bucks. And here's the bet. Ten years from now, we're gonna have we're gonna emit more greenhouse gases in this on this planet than we do now. I'm not gonna take that bet. I'll tell you what, <laughs> because I will lose. I'll tell you so, what. I'll, so, I'll tell you what. I'll make it 15. I'm probably not gonna live more than 15 years, so I can't go too deeper, too much deeper than 15. But but if it's this transformative, I just want to bet. Okay, you know what? I, I I'll even bet the American emissions are going to be no less than 80 percent of what they are now. Ten years from now. That bet is a little more, you know. There's a little bit of a of a chance with that taking the other side on that, um, depending on kind of how things go. But these guys, the the Nancy Chuck Schumer, they they spent the whole week, uh, the press secretary, selling this notion that the economy is on a roll. It's so bizarre to me. It it is on a roll, man. Shut up, Tom. What do you mean it's not okay. on a roll? Bloomberg, article from Bloomberg, U.S. mortgage rate climbs to 7.16%, yeah. matching highest since 2001. 
The housing market affordability index is now 10% below the 2006 lows. And one gentleman described this uh, on Twitter, uh, described this as the officially the least affordable housing market in U.S. history. Mortgages are hitting 8% in, in a lot of states. The median house now cost 560% of the median income. And in 2008, the median home price was 360% of the median income. And that's just the mortgage stuff, okay? This is from CNN. U.S. inflation means families are spending 709 more per month than two years ago. Yep. That is on top of what they were spending more per month two years ago. Because they were still spending more per month two years ago. Yeah. It, it, I mean, look, I, I, we've said this before. Um, purchasing power is down. Price of, price of everything, price of, price of everything you got to buy is up by 25%. So purchasing power is really credit eroded. Card. We talked about tr- hitting the north of a trillion dollars on credit cards. Nobody, nobody, you know, the thing what is, is the bet here? Do they think that this is going to like be, it's going to improve by like the, su- spring or summer of next year yeah i'm sure that's exactly what they think and the thing is they're going to talk about their their politicians right they're like everybody they're going to talk about what they can talk about they can't talk about foreign policy right because that that that's got afghanistan on it right and it's got a pending deal with iran that everyone's gonna be like eh. and it's got ukraine which truthfully americans are now starting to look at like hey man is there an end to this thing um so they can't talk about that and that leaves hey we better talk about the economy they got to they got to make what they can out of it. I don't blame them. Well, you brought so you brought up Ukraine, and I wasn't going to do Ukraine this week, but you know, as as of the, this moment, we've sent north of one hundred and fifty billion dollars to Ukraine. Yep. The president announced, bragged about the fact that he's giving seven, a one-time seven hundred dollar payment per household for the Maui victims. Wow. 700 bucks. Have you seen the photos out of Maui? Yeah. So these people have nothing. So meanwhile, this was from the Hill, dude. I can't, I can't make this stuff up. The headline is Mansion vows to fight implementation of IRA as a radical climate agenda. The, the West Virginia moderate in a lengthy statement on the anniversary of the IRA being signed into law, parts of which he helped author. Parts? Parts? One of the most... I wrote the whole thing. With respect to energy security and contrary to those in the Biden administration who seek to undermine this goal, this law reestablished all of the above energy policy and empowered the growth of fossil fuels and renewables. If implemented as designed by... Uh, the IRA would ensure that Americans have more reliable power for years to come. Going forward, I will push back on those who seek to undermine this significant legislation for their respective political agenda. And that begins with my unrelenting fight against the Biden administration's efforts to implement the IRA as a radical climate agenda instead of the, the IRA that was meant to be passed into law. But what what is he talking about? What is he talking about? Bill. What is he it's talking about? Bill. What are you in it's what your bill? In what way? In, in what way? What is that from? In what way? It's from It's uh, like a Saturday Night Live skit. It's the it's the Antonio Banderas, Catherine Zeta Jones, the um Zero Zorro thing, the mask of Zorro. In what way did you break the most sacred commandment? In what way? Does the Inflation Reduction Act, which I just love saying, in what way does the Inflation Reduction Act help help fossil fuel power? In what way? Well, I don't. You got the Mountain Valley Pipeline. That doesn't help at all. You're going to get the Mountain Valley Pipeline anyway. Pipelines don't help anything. They just transport stuff. So, yeah. um, I, I, I mean, I get it. He's running for whatever he's running for next. Not senator out of out of West Virginia because he can't win that. But I'm like, what is, he, what is he talking about? This is his legislation. It, they, the Biden administration, who I have my qualms and reservations with, and I think I mention it all the time and write it in public all the time, they're interpreting the law pretty much down the middle of the fairway. Yeah. I and mean, this is the thing he wrote. 
that and they're they are not twisting. The only thing they did that was like a little eh was they took his pants down on the on the EV leasing thing, which was funny. It's funny. Because you know what? <laughs> you'll play this game, Senator. People are gonna run you over if you're gonna stand in the middle of the road. Um it, yeah. it it that was funny, but it's the only thing they've really been like, eh, everything else they've been fine on. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, so happy anniversary inflation reduction act, which is having tremendous, oh, tremendous, tremendous, uh, tremendous success out there. <laughs> it's restoring our economic woes. Yikes. Uh here's another one. California <laughs> just can't seem to shake fossil fuels, Mike. Of course they can. This is from the LA Times. Despite climate goals, Despite California cl- will let three gas plants keep running. What do you mean, despite uh, climate goals? This sometimes breaking news is spectacularly unsurprising. Un- 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 unbreaking and unsurprising. Yeah. This was the case Tuesday when California officials finalized a decision voting to extend the life of three gas fired power plants along the state's southern coast through 2026. Instead of closing them this year, the gas plants, quote, this is from the article, this is the reporter, pollute the air breathed by nearby residents and help fuel the climate crisis. But Governor Gavin Newsom's appointees concluded we still need them, at least for a few more years, to avoid the blackouts that could strand strand millions of people without air conditioning during brutal heat waves and endanger Californians who da-da-da-da-da, so on and so forth. Now, these three plants were supposed to be closed Three years ago. Yeah. So now they've got three years ago plus up till today plus an additional three years. Yeah. Um, you want you want my you want my two big thoughts on this? Yeah, quickly. We got a lot more to cover. Two big thoughts. Two quick thoughts on this. One is, um, if if the right in the Americans, if the right in the United States had a sense of humor, they would litigate that decision. They would insist oh, yeah. these gas plants be closed immediately. That, that, you know, in, to, to, to borrow from Saul Alinsky, you have to hold people to their own principles. Yeah. Well, you know, Pacific Legal could do it. We should reach out to those guys. I, I think they should. So that's one. Yeah. And then two is I've been thinking about how this whole thing kind of works itself out over the next 10 years because, you know, the the EV thing is not going to really work, right? You're not going to have 67% of the EVs in, in five years. That's not going to happen. Um, and, you know, we're not really going to get rid of natural gas plants and we're not really going to get rid of coal plants in the stack. So um, I've been wondering how this is going to happen. I think it's going to look like this. I think things are just going to keep getting attenuated, attenuated, attenuated. And at some point, five years down the road, somebody's going to declare victory. Hey, we won. Everybody go well, back. Well, I mean, the if, if there's a re, I mean, John Podesta called it the single greatest accomplishment in the history of the world hey, for well, climate change. So that, he's probably right. He's probably right. Yeah. Ignoring hydraulic fracturing and the switching that occurred between 08 and, and today. Yeah. And here's gas. your public, here's your, here's your weekly public service announcement that precision drilling and fracturing um, led to an increase in TED quads of energy in the 15 years. Um, well, uh, renewable energy in those same 15 years added one quad to the energy mix. Anyway, that's and, your public and service our emissions, announcement. Uh, and our total emissions are are greater than that of Europe. Their total reductions. Uh, total reduction. Yeah, but only, here's the Europe. thing. Only hippies like you care about that stuff, Tom. Yeah, that's true. All right, so your buddy Tim Constantine over at the Washington Times is is giving you a run for your money. Did you see his column? I didn't. What did he say? Renewable energy policies fueled by lies. Oh, yeah, I did. Pixie dust I, I saw and the, your money. I saw the headline. I did, yeah. Uh, he, he, I guess he's from Maine and, uh, he just basically gave us a nice summary of the madness that's happening in the state of Maine. I'll just give you a couple of highlights. I was driving through my childhood home state of Maine on a rainy June day this year when I spotted a large field of solar panels. 20 minutes later, I noticed another. As I neared my destination, I spotted a third field under construction. How odd I thought to myself. Odd in part because Maine ranks 49th out of 50 for the amount of sunshine it sees annually. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so the whole article is basically a dissertation on the madness uh, taking place in Maine, but it, you know, it broadens it to the the craziness that we've been discussing 
um, and gets into EVs and everything else. But I'm going to put in the show notes. I think it's a good read. Then uh, you're going to have to step up your game a little on this renewable stuff. He's gotcha. I challenge anybody to I challenge anybody to find anything I've said negative about renewable energy. I simply I, I simply transmit the facts. Do you, sir, have a column this week you'd like to share with the crew? Uh, I had something that posted this morning on Ukraine, and yeah, I do want to share it. Um, John Martin, Jonathan Martin, um, great New York Times National Review and now Politico writer, uh, wrote 5,000 words on uh, Mitch McConnell in Twilight. And it really wasn't... I mean, that's what he that's what he wanted to write about, but it really turned out to be Mitch McConnell in Ukraine. And mm. the money quote was near the top of the article. I encourage everybody to read it. Um I I I linked it in my column. Um the money quote was at the top of the column. I'll paraphrase. Uh, basically McConnell took the freshman Republican senators to the Munich Security Conference. And when asked why he did that, he said, well, you know, these guys have just come off facing the voters and they've been hearing a lot of the contrary opinions about funding Ukraine. I thought it was important that they heard directly from the Europeans. It's difficult for me to exp- it's difficult for me to express without anger um, how much that disturbed me that you would have not just any sitting United States senator, but a minority leader of the United States Senate be more concerned that his new members were exposed to European sentiment about Ukraine than about than they were about their own voters, that they that they would um, somehow, well, you... somehow take a more comprehensive view of the world beyond what their voters think. Ladies and gentlemen, we pay senators to pretty much aggregate our preferences, not aggregate the preferences of the Europeans. I'm officially tired of this Ukrainian thing, and I wrote it in the column, and I said, look, for three genera- for three decades now, I could have been three generations, but for three decades now, the American middle class has seen everything in life they care about deteriorate. The kids' education, their hometowns, their neighborhoods, schools, roads, bridges, religion, religion culture— you name it, and they've seen it deteriorate. And while wait, that de- was that, what's that country song topping the charts? Yeah. And while that deterioration's been going on, our leaders have been fretting about places like Ukraine. I also pointed out that the United States has given more than all of the European nations combined to the Ukrainians. Us, us poor, helplessly stupid parochial Americans have done more to bail out these losers than anybody else. Finally, I pointed out that Senator McConnell seemed to be animated by a fear that the Russians were the actual threat in, in, in the planet. Dude, the Russians can't even bring a small breakaway province, Ukraine, to heal. How in the hell are they going to, which, which is right next door to them, how in the world are they supposed to project enough on power that we should worry about it. Everybody, every sentient human being in this country knows that China is our real threat. I, I don't I don't understand what goes on inside the head of these people. I don't know who they're representing. I don't know who they're There's representing. A- and I don't know yeah. why anybody votes for them anymore. I really don't. I don't get Seven, it. Seventeenth Amendment. I, you, you, you Governor know, Gavin has a, a, a amendment to the constitution he's floating on guns we ought to get this 17th amendment repealed i think I, there's there's some sentiment out there i, I don't that. i don't want the 17th i don't you know i mean i'm in favor of the 17th amendment getting repealed you know i, I think it was a mistake it imbalanced the whole thing but i want everybody to actually ask themselves a serious question and it's a question i've started to ask myself more and more as i'm getting older why are you voting for republicans why what is it getting you? What is it? In what way is it servicing the United States? Uh, you know, the older I get, the more I come to the conclusion that the last thirty years of my life in service of this party have been a mistake. Wow, this is deep. Yeah, this is very deep. I well, didn't, I didn't put that in the column, but I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder what am I doing with the, what am I doing with the time God gave me? I'm I'm empowering a guy like Senator McConnell 
to, I don't want to say he's helping destroy the country, but you know what? He's not doing anything to preclude it, prevent it, or, or stall it in any way. All, these, all this deterioration has happened while all these guys have been on watch. These are not. And they've been on watch a very long time. The, the, the concern, however, is what's the next crop? You know, the, the backdrop of the next crop is, is, doesn't look any more yeah. fruitful. I, I, right. Look I, at the way politics are today. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at the new senators. I'm not annoyed at the new senators. I'm not annoyed at people who run as Republicans. I'm not annoyed at anybody. I'm just starting to conclude that that these parties are bad for the country, both of them. And I realize that puts me out on an island, but I'm starting to think that that this is a problem. And well, you I, got a I, you I got just, a home in the no labels party. I was just very surprised that Senator McConnell, like the whole article, you know, Jay Mart, John Martin is a is a is a good reporter, right? I'm just stunned that you know so much, and he and this was the point he made that that so much of Senator McConnell's energy in his twilight is being devoted to this. I'm like, what the hell? You're not the senator from Ukraine. Really you're, you're the senator did. from Kentucky. It's a really good question. And I don't know if you saw when he was back home, there was a clip. Uh, he was getting booed pretty hard at an event. Uh, I, 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 now, I, granted, it's a snapshot, you know, of, of it's a Twitter. It's the Twitter verse, but it was pretty it, it would have it would have rattled me. Let's put it that way. It, it, I don't. No. I don't blame people who have concluded that 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 these people are not representative of them. I really don't. Richmond, north of Richmond. Anyway, so uh, sorry. I, I, I tried to jam a segue in there, and I, and I wasn't trying to move you off of that. Go ahead, because uh, I think it's a really important point. I got wandered. Go ahead. Uh, the, um, the No Labels Party just got North Carolina uh, making it their tenth state. Tenth state. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think uh, they qualified for the ballot, and it, the the states that are that they are in, in are pretty important. You look at Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida, Nevada, Oregon, South Dakota, and Utah, uh, along with now North Carolina. I mean, they're not going to make they're not going to make any inroads, but they could be a spoiler in the election potentially with with, with Cornell West also. Yeah, I was going to say the Green Party is the Green Party is the is the is the one better organized and further down, and they have a candidate. I have no idea who No Labels is going to pick. My guess is they're going to pick some horrible person like Charlie Baker or, or you know, somebody like that. Right. <laughs> so anyhow, so that's that. And then lastly, in politics, Trump. And I, I brought this up because we haven't talked about the RNC in a while. <laughs> Trump refusal to sign loyalty pledge puts RNC in a bind. The Hill, uh, former President Trump, has refused to sign the RNC loyalty pledge, um, putting uh, Rana McDaniel in a box, who now must navigate the thorny situation of appeasing Trump, both a ratings draw and the clear front runner in the primary, while maintaining her control as head of the party. It's a distinct possibility that the Republican nominee for president could simply decide to shun the RNC itself, said Brian Sitchik, a Republican strategist and Trump campaign alum. When a candidate refuses to play by the rules, it obviously weakens RNC's position. Um, however, McDaniel has given no indication that the RNC will make any exceptions for the former president. It's the beat Biden pledge, McDaniel told CNN's Chris Wallace. In an interview last month, and what we're saying, and the debate committee has met over two years, people from Alaska to Illinois to Tennessee, is if you're going to stand on the Republican National Committee debate stage, you should be able to support the nominee and beat Biden. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I wrote a column on this about, I don't know, a month ago, six weeks ago, when it first started, you know, when the president... Trump started to play footsie with this. There's no real reason for him to go, right? There's no way it turns out better for him than if he stays away because he's not a good debater. He's just not. I mean, I know everyone's like, ah, he, you know, he, he he ran Rubio off and he ran, you know, Jeb Bush off. But think about the first debate with with Joe Biden. I mean, he just constantly interrupted him and you know, 
there was no way to develop any kind of an attack theme on Biden. And he's not gonna he's not gonna like sitting up on stage and getting a bunch of questions about hey man you empowered Anthony. as well he has a record too right right That's... you empowered Anthony Fauci right you know right they're spending or whatever right um, that said I have this terrible feeling like it's somewhere down deep in my gut he's not gonna he's not gonna sign the pledge but he's gonna show up on on the night of and expect to be um, expect to be given a podium I can easily see that happening. I easily see that happening. And, you know, McDaniel. So wait, let me rephrase, rephrase that. Cause I was, I was wandering off. You you say, even if he doesn't sign it and he, and he wants to go, they'll give him a, a seat at the table. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think McDaniel, yeah. I think McDaniel's going to have to, right? Well, let me amend that. Chairman McDaniel is, is a, is a hardened um, Trump partisan here, right? So yeah, she's going to figure out some way to give him a podium if he shows up and wants a podium. They if would, he wants it. Well, what they said was, you know, if you tell us, you have to tell us you're coming within two weeks, it, you know, a- anything closer than two weeks, we're not going to be able to accommodate you. We are now, whatever, we're six days away, right? Um, and he said, hey, I'm not signing this thing. And he, I don't think he's signing this thing. Um, I don't blame him either, by the way. I mean, if... if Say the world ends and Asa Hutchinson winds up being the the nominee. I, I'm not voting for Asa Hutchinson either. Um, but that's that's that. It, I guarantee you, we're going to have drama like tw- April, uh, August, August 22nd and 23rd about this. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, even Doug High agrees with you. Oh boy, I must be wrong. If he decides to do the debate, it's hard to see how he wouldn't be allowed to pledge or no. Yeah. Said Doug. See, Doug. Doug is Doug is a whatever. Doug's on TV, I suppose nowadays. But the thing is, it's very easy to say no, ladies and gentlemen. Can, can you have thirty seconds for diversion? We this is our podcast. We can yeah. do whatever we want. We can run long. We can run short. Here's here's the thing about here's the thing about the former president. Um, he's a bit of a bully, and you know. He grew up in New York City, and I don't know about bullies everywhere, but I know about bullies in New York City, and the worst thing you can do to them, the worst thing you do with respect to them is to let them bully you. And what I mean by that in this context is, is that if I was McDaniel, I would start and finish every press hit by saying, yeah, you know, you're not going to sign that thing, we're not going to let you on. We mean it. We're serious about it. We're not going to do it. Show up, and I'm going to kick your out. I'm going to kick your ass out of there. Um, you know, now the, the likelihood of anybody in politics in America doing that is very okay. low. Okay, here's the other thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. That's right. That's the thing about it. This is a simple. <laughs> doesn't matter. Christie signed it. Yeah, he eventually signed. He's not going to support Trump. Of course, if Trump's he's not. The nominee. Of course, he's not. And you know the thing, but because he, he wants to be on the debate stage, because somehow these guys think that the debate is what got Donald Trump elected president, as opposed to the fact that Donald Trump got elected president because the guys like the dude in North, in Far, Farmington, Virginia, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, Farmville. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. Donald Trump that's got right. elected. That's not right. because he mowed everybody down at all these debates. That's right. They were fun to watch. That's right. But that wasn't the reason. No. And that, and if the Republicans don't get that, then there is a problem. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, the Republican structural problem with the party because they still haven't figured out where they're going and where their base is going. Well, that's true. That's true. And and the my only thing is, if I was the chairman, I'd just be like, look, you know, that's it. That's it. We told you what's going to happen, and we're going to enforce it and go to hell. And right. I'm just knowing full well that. It doesn't mean anything. Exactly. But, just, it, but what it means is, is that if she bends, it just it just shows right. even further that she's his stooge. That's right. That's right. Which is why if you're going to have the rules, you got to enforce them for everybody equally. It's not that these things matter, except they, you know, it, it is it is it is how you show. I'm serious about this. I'm not playing favorites. Right. I, you know, there's rules the, and I'm going to enforce them, and that's that. And she, I don't I get the feeling that, like I said. Come, come 22nd, 23rd, we're going to have drama. There's going to be drama. Because you know what? He loves right, he, what? he loves this shit. So, so that's what we're going to do. Sorry. So, okay. Me. So we, we got, we got to, uh, we'll have a bet. I say he will not debate. 
Yeah, I say you will. All right. How much? I don't want know. A burger, want a, how about a burger at, at that French joint over up, up on the Senate side? <laughs> bistro, bistro, what is that called? Bistro B? Bistro B. Yeah, yeah. deal. All right. Yeah. You say he is, he no, does because yeah, he yeah, can't yeah, help yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The drama there is going to be too much. It, you know, that's the thing about it. Everyone's now talking about it, so it's going to happen. Right. It's going to yeah. happen. Because that is the that is the essence of Donald Trump. It, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. He, did, <laughs> he said this 25 years ago. He said, every day my objective is to be on page six. I, I don't, I'm with you, kid. I every day. I'm like, it doesn't matter why. I just, that's it. That's his brand. I want to be the one people are talking about. He wants to run. He wants to be the center of every news cycle. I don't get why people have trouble with this. You know, the funny thing is the guys who understand this the best, the media guys get this completely. The political guys think, hey, I'm going to have this conversation and then we're going to talk and then somebody's going to be, bip, 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 bip. I'm like, no, no, no. He... He wants to dominate every cycle. He doesn't care what happens inside the cycle. He just wants to be, right. I'm the guy in the cycle. And you're sort of a, 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 a you know, a B yeah. character in my, in the play I'm writing. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the going full circle here to where, where we began our topics, it's going to be really challenging uh, for him to get through these 91 felonies. I get what you're saying, but that's, you know, that's going to be a lot of work. So yeah. this is that, but that's the price he's paying for that posturing. Yeah. But I so. mean, you know, you think about it, um, you know, you think about it in a way, in a way it gives him a chance to just, just dominate the cycle, like in a bunch of, of different course. ways. It, it It's more arrows in his quiver. Right. It, it, it codependency, right? All right. We are going to wrap this up. Uh, Secretary Janet Yellen was part of the chorus touting the virtues of the Inflation Reduction Act, and she got a hard-hitting question from a uh, <laughs> CNN reporter recently, and I want to play that for us on the on the way out here. You set off a frenzy because you ordered a mushroom dish that contains apparently what are considered magic mushrooms. Mushrooms that can be hallucinogenic. And so now these wild mushroom dishes are selling out at that restaurant's branches across China. You have, have sparked all this. May I ask you, I'm, I'm just quite curious. Apparently so. What was it like, the mushroom experience? <laughs> so I, I went with this large group of people, and the person um, who had arranged our dinner did the ordering. Uh, there was a delicious mushroom dish. I was not aware that... Uh, these mushrooms had hallucinogenic uh, properties. I learned that later. I can tell you later, like in your when you were, were sleeping and having visions, mushrooms. or <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was read that if the mushrooms are cooked properly, which I'm sure they were at this very good restaurant, that they have no impact. Oh, man, I would have loved to be in the room watching Janet Yellen trip. That would have just been something else, brother. <laughs> the Chinese really did 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 her did a number on her, didn't they? Seriously, man. <laughs> All right, everybody. I hope you're having a great, great summer. The tail end here of of uh, a magical summer, uh, a a a hallucinogenic trip down. <laughs> Memory Lane, episode 100. Can you believe it? Episode 144 is in the books. Peace out. Namaste, dude.